Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You're listening to Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy. And welcome to Star Wars Sessions, the show where Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars is the subject. We all know that by now. My name is Matt Hudson, a.k.a. Jabba the Hud. And joining me once more in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon is the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. Hailing from the planet of Blygito. For every snips, there's a Bly guy as well. It's Blylo Ring. <laughs> Blygito. <laughs> wow. Oh my word, I love it. And, and I like the little mention of snips there. That's nice. Snips I like that one. Now, Jabba the Hud, how on earth are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, very good, thank you, mate. Um, living the dream. Uh, I, I say every week, I'm so glad it's Monday. I have a I have a poorly young Padawan at home, so um, sleep has been of the essence. But this was just what the doctor ordered, so I can't wait for this, mate. How about you, mate? What is better than it's 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 a bit rainy outside? Like autumn has definitely it's the first day of autumn today as we are recording, right? Yes. And it's a bit it's dark outside. It's a little bit damp, a little bit rainy. Here we are. We're snuggled inside, and we are ready to shoot. The Galactic Breeze. Yes, we are, my man. So let's get to it. Let's talk Star Wars, man. What's been happening in the galaxy? Darth Blyranus. Oh, Darth Blyranus. The spice. <laughs> Ain't stopping tonight, people. <laughs> Trust me, daddy. Um, right, so up first, we got Charles Saul, um, writer of the upcoming The Rise of Kylo Ren miniseries, has given some hints to the story and he basically claims we're going to see the transit the transition and the transformation of ben to ren which i thought was proper interesting and you know what fun fact matthias um yeah. jabba the hud old buddy old pal um i was in london good old london town um a couple weeks ago Sweet. and i literally missed out on seeing charles saul no like way. by 10 minutes Oh. Yeah, because I was I was in Forbidden Planet comics in central yep. London, and um, you know the one it's near like it's near. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, I love I love that shop. Yeah, it's near like the Google Duke building Haven. and stuff in London. Yeah, and um, right, so we're we're there hanging out, and lo and behold, people are like, oh yeah, there's a uh, signing going on for Charles Saul, who's the guy who wrote like the Darth Vader miniseries and stuff, <laughs> and. I was like, no way. But then we had like somewhere else booked for like 15 minutes time. So we had to go walk there. So I was, but I I should, I didn't even know if I knew he was going to be there. I would have like totally like grabbed a couple of comics and got them signed by him. Um, But there we go. There we go. So anyway, anyway, the miniseries, I'm, I'm really, really pleased with, with this, with this announcement and news, right. Um, (laughs) For, for our lovely listeners, um, our patrons, our amazing patrons, are going to get a little glimpse into my uh, deep and dark opinions into two, two recent comic releases. That's the Snoke comic and the Ray comic. So I'm going to save my opinions for the patron show, right, for the journals of Luke Blywalker. <gasps> Dad. <Ooh>. And, um, <laughs> and uh, what I am going to say is I wonder... I wonder if Charles has like any idea 
of what's happening in episode nine, because from my um, knowledge, a lot of these writers and a lot of these canon writers actually have no idea what's happening with nine. Mm -hmm. I wonder though, if like Charles is going to have like a couple hints, maybe like one or two plot lines, maybe, I don't know. Cause I think that'd be super interesting um, to see if they can tie it all up. But all in all, I'm really looking forward to seeing this because we, we, we haven't seen like the true transformation of quote unquote Ben to Ren, which I love by the way. Um, how are you feeling on the, Yeah, Ren Solo. That's how it's done. Um, how how are you feeling on this, buddy? You know, what I'm, you know what I'm like with canon stuff. I'm all over it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll get yeah. I'll hoover up even the most ridiculous things like Jackson the Green Rabbit. This this is what I'm all about, though. So the whole idea of seeing Ben to Ren sounds incredible to me. And this is a big part of what new well, Star Wars lore now. You know, Luke Skywalker's failing, the rise of Ren. And, and the Knights of Ren as well. So there's a bit of pressure on Charles Saul to get this right. Um, in terms of uh, what the authors know, as far as I'm aware, they pitch a story to the story group and they basically go through it and they nick some things, 86 a few things, change a few things without necessarily giving anything away as far as I know. I think, I don't know if Chuck Wendig got any of the story for The Force Awakens or any of the, or if... I don't think Charles Gray got Charles Gray, Claudia Gray got any of the story for the Last Jedi for when she did Bloodline, but Ryan Johnson helped out with little bits of that book. So I think they get sort of hints uh, right. and so tips it's more like and nods. the other. It's more like the other way round. Like the direction goes the other way round from the top down as opposed to the like bottom up. I think maybe. so. Yeah. So they get a little bit of help, but yeah. I mean, I can't wait sense. for this, mate. That makes sense. I can't wait. I mean, it's basically yeah, this whole thing too. is it's all about. Well, I mean, it is uh, Ben Terrain. It's all of the events that led up to that moment that we see in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi uh, when Ben became Kylo and formed the Knights of Ren. So we're going to see all that. Obviously, hopefully, it's it's full of spice and it's not a bit wishy-washy. I've mentioned that before. But everything mate, I'm reading mate, I, 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 I awesome. hope like, I, I, I open this comic and literally just like an absolute like explosion of spice just opens up on my face. Mm, page turn. That's what I'm hoping. They are. Mm. Hopefully, it, we've, had, we've got what? That's it. December the 4th is the first one. I'm guessing the schedule is going to be December the 4th, the 11th and the 18th. But potentially the yeah. final issue might drop after the Rise of Skywalker. I don't know that. If it's going to be weekly, then yeah, episode, um, the fourth part of this four-issue miniseries will drop after the Rise of Skywalker. Does that hold any um, any weight? Who knows? But man, I cannot wait for this. And Charles Saul's a great writer as well. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, I think this is great news. So I'm glad to see it. Well, let's talk a bit more comics. Star Wars comic series is going to end with Empire Ascendant. Uh, and the epic finale is going to show us the fates of Dr. Aphra and Baylor Valance as well, who was Darth Vader's hunter in this sort of weird um, Target Vader series that's come out. Um, the actual Star Wars series, you mentioned it a week or two ago on the show, that's ending in November, but this is going to be like a one-shot finale. It's going to be 56 pages long. Charles Saul's on, on board for this one, as long as a couple of other writers as well, like Greg Pak and Ethan Sachs. And basically, it finds the Alliance um, building up Echo Base on Hoth, whilst Vader's trying to find them still. And it's kind of an epilogue to the Star Wars comics run that's going to end. And, and it's kind of setting up the... Uh, first parts of the Empire Strikes Back story, and as I mentioned, we're going to find out what happens to Doctor Aphra as well. So Doctor Aphra is a mm. you know beloved character in the Star Wars uh, like expanded canon universe, and, and just again look at the convention circuit. A lot of people cosplay her, so it's interesting yeah. to see what they do with Aphra if they're going to tie her up and um, kill her off, 
or if they're going to send her off into the unknown regions with Thor and Ezra and the Pergil. Um, but what are you she's... thinking? Are you thinking she's going to die? I'm thinking. Like, what she's... do you think the chances are? Um, oh, in my head, I think it's that same as Rogue One. You never, you never heard about her in the other films or other canon, obviously because she hadn't been written. But you know, we're sticklers like that. But she's also a very interesting character. She's like the Indiana Jones of the galaxy. So yeah. not ha- she's not a Jedi. She's not a Sith. Or she's not a Force user. So having her around doesn't interrupt with any canon. So she could just go into hiding or something like that. I don't know. But I don't know. I'm quite looking forward to this. I mean, is this going to be the last story we see now of the OT heroes between four and five? I'm not sure. But it's just the comics are coming out thick and fast and they're bringing the goodies at the minute. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on, mate. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what where, where they take uh, Dr. Afra especially. And like you said, I, th- I think it all comes down to the fact that she's not mentioned in the original trilogy. Um, but then again, you know, that hasn't stopped character creation in the first place yeah um and from what i have looked listen straight up being straight up honest i've not read all of the dr afro material Mm -hmm. but i tell you what i'm really tempted to and i I might like get on the old marvel uh, infinity or whatever whatever it flipping is called um and yeah you know the thing (laughs) and um read a bit of the old uh, dr afro series because they seem really interesting and from what i have read of her like the vader comics and whatnot I always thought she was a really interesting character. And plus with characters like that, you can be a lot more um, flexible, a lot more brave with some of the decisions because it's your own character, right? It's the um, writer's own character. They don't have to worry about affecting any film canon, you know, per se. But yeah, so I'm I'm super looking forward to it, man. Yeah, I mean, the the series goes up and down, peaks and troughs like all of them do, but I'd be interested in hearing what you think about it. So um, yeah, we're getting another, we're getting the end of, Afra, end of the New Hope era as well. So, uh, end of That's a lot it. of things coming up by the end of this year. That's it, man. And and talking of eras, and especially uh, this era in between. Well, no, not it's actually a slightly different era. Stupid Luke. It's anyway, still an era though. <laughs> um, in, in in between episodes three and four, we're getting a little bit more canon for our eyes, ears, and of course our hearts. Jedi Fallen Order, the video game. Oh, my days. It comes out this November, people, and I cannot wait. You know, I know people who are going out and, like, getting consoles for this game. I I kid you not. I kid you not. But anyway, we've got some news. (laughs) So we're actually getting the art of Jedi Fallen Order, which looks super tasty. The the image that's released, it's got, like, um, is it Caleb? Uh, Cal Kestis. Ah, thank you, mate. Cal Kestis, Cal Kestis. Appreciate that. Um, right, okay, so so we've got an art off book, and we've we've not got many images from it, just just a handful. Um, but the front cover is like Cal Kestis. I thought it was Caleb for somewhat whatever reason, but we'll go with Caleb Cal Kestis. Um, yeah, there, there we go. There Canis. we go. Um, Canis, Canis, <laughs> yes, from last week. Um, the front uh... cover looks absolutely gorgeous. You have obviously um caleb um walking <laughs> now you have cow like walking into this like temple what looks like a temple and like these big red 
looking doors and whatnot, like hallway. It looks incredible. If you have no idea what I'm talking about because of my naff descriptions, go have a look because this looks absolute fire. We've got some other little tidbits, like um, there's a picture of an 8080 walker, um, like a trooper with some sort of like flamethrower and the insides of the walker. Um, nothing, you know, to, to really give away much of the plot or anything like that, but I am super duper excited to see this um and alongside the the same month it comes out so the book comes out 20th and the game comes out 15th right yeah. that makes sense and it it comes along with this price tag mate 79.99 us dollars 80 dollars what do you what do you think quid? about that well standard oh no oh. no that's the lip side Excuse me. That's the limited edition. It's eighty dollars. The standard edition is forty dollars. Okay, so that's so a bit more a, like it. For for a hardback, that's still you know quite expensive, but it's lean. It, that's more where it where it normally is, isn't it? Yeah, I can I can just about sort like that. It's about thirty quid. It's cool news more than anything. And these coffee table books are awesome, and they're great for seeing through the looking glass of how how this game started off, or the movies as they're based on to where they ended. Have you got any of the other Art Of books? Yes, I actually got as a present one year for my anniversary from my gorgeous lady an oh, Art Of The Force Awakens book. And it is absolutely stunning. I still have a flick through it with, with a coffee every now and then. I think it's absolutely gorgeous. And obviously, you know, look, I'm, I'm looking through it a lot more now with the lead up to episode nine. Yeah. There, is, there is some stuff in there I'm sure we're going to get in episode nine. But I've got the I've got that and I've got the Art of the Last Jedi book as well, which I fl- I flick through as well. Like mm. I say, it's like a great little coffee table book, and they're, they're so good. It makes I don't know. There's something about it. How the idea of these guys just sitting in a room somewhere across the world, drawing these things, and one day they're going to be on the big screen, or knowing that this is going to uh, be expanded on and could become a pivotal part of this great story that we love. I love all that kind of stuff. Well, like I say, when you go through the looking glass into the minds of these creative people, these like really like uber talented people so what i'm going to do with this book is i'm absolutely going to wait for it to go on sale and then i'm going to buy it because yeah i love the art of the movies because i'm a movie guy and i know you love all the artwork as well um and the theorization and think how things get from a to b as for the game i'm i'm definitely going i would say i'm definitely going to buy it i'm not going to rush out to get it but the images i have seen they look smoking oh dude i can't wait to play fallen order I'm I, I'm I'm talking about like midnight. I think I might go get it. I know I can pre-order it, get it online and stuff. But the hype of getting it midnight like that is just so much fun. I did that for Battlefront Two, and it was awesome. It was really awesome. I know. And taking days off work the next day, nobody's going to mind. Speaking of games, speaking of staying up late, speaking of Battlefront Two, speaking of Luke Bly, Felucia has arrived on Battlefront Two. You are listening to this now. You listen to this when it dropped on Wednesday. <laughs> It's there now. If you listen to it afterwards, you may have already played it. Man, there's a dead Sarlacc, oh. there's caves, there's a swamp, everything you want. This is one I know how much you've been looking forward to this, but we're going to get Capital Supremacy, mate. Capital Supremacy. Uh, we've got Command Posts. Oh, what else have we got? We've got the Clone Commando. Oh, the get Clone that. Commando looks sick. Mate, yes. we've got this, just the scale of this map looks crazy. as well. Yes, the co-op, co-op modes. modes. There's, so it's not just going to be a one and done. This looks oh, awesome, and I released a trailer on the Monday, just gone, 21st, a gameplay trailer, only about two minutes long. Mate, it looks, this is what we want, the kind of sort of wacky out there world in the galaxy, and this 
probably also looks better than it did on in Revenge of the Sith. But yeah, it looks I cannot incredible. wait. And there's things like um, spores on the floor. So if you if you um, shoot the mushrooms, they let off this lethal gas, which basically just tears down anything that's nearby. It it looks like so a completely good. different. Uh, so good, completely different so... back to what we've already seen. <laughs> so what are you thinking, so mate? So good. Oh, I look so good. Oh, I don't. No, it looks it looks incredible. Like the colours look vivid. Now it looks just so prequel esque, and yes. I'm digging it. And I can't wait to play as that clone commando, man. That clone commando. Oh, you know you're going to be shooting down fools on that as that bad boy. Well, Hank Cheech taking down fools, shooting spores up left, right, and centre, mate. I Absolutely. Can't wait. Absolutely. And also. Matt, Jabba the Hud, you absolute yes. king. You know what else premieres tonight, today? Uh, go on. And by that, I mean Wednesday, because we're crazy time travellers. Um, <laughs> yeah. On Wednesday, the 25th, today, right now, people, listen to our podcast, but also, also, fire up the YouTubes and look <laughs> at the amazing The Empire Strikes Door documentary by jamie stangroom it premieres today and it's all about the mystery of who really hit their head on that door in star wars a new hope the stormtrooper that hit his head well there seems to be two people that claim to be him this documentary uncovers the mystery people this is like the event of YouTube documentaries of the year. This is like a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. Get on it and let us know what you think. Um, I hear this is going to get more hype than the Rise of Skywalker. I'd love to. I'd love to speak with Jamie Stangroom soon because your hair and his hair combined will just make crazy talk. Man, I'd love to have that conversation. I'd love to hear more about how this was done. But yeah, Empire Sir. Strikes Door. I generally, without this mean to sound like a fanboy really actually look quite looking forward to this documentary because the trailer was a lot of fun and it's light-hearted star wars fun and there's so many other cool documentaries out there which i gravitate to because they're fun and this looks like it's going to be the next one so jamie cannot wait to see what you've done with this absolutely the mandem are hyped it's official Hey, what's up? It's Taylor Gray, a.k.a. Ezra Bridger, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. I hope you enjoy the show. So now we're moving on to our main discussion, which if anyone's been looking at our social media, you'll obviously know what it is. But if you haven't, this is what it is. We're basically going to be having a little chat about how do the new Star Wars movies, so post The Rise of Skywalker, how do they remain relevant? How do they remain popular? Once the Skywalker saga is over, because we're going to be getting these new stories. And of course, with that, we're going to get new characters, new ships, locations, droids, situations, baddies. But we're not going to get that familiarity or nostalgia that we're used to necessarily, because they're not going to have any kind of link that we're aware of to the Skywalker saga. So I mean, Rogue One, spin-off, fully linked, of course, to the Skywalker saga. Solo, intrinsically linked to the Skywalker saga. Clone Wars, Rebels, Resistance... All of it is linked in some way to that main um, main narrative. But the new ones we're going to get, they're not going to be. So how are they going to mm. remain relevant? What, what What's the magic? What's the secret? So we thought we'd have a little um, a little chitter-chatter about it. So uh, Master Blywalker, have you got j- any thoughts a, a, about this? A little, a little jibber-jabber. A little jibber-jabber with Jabber the Hud and a little look into the journals of Luke Blywalker, I'd say. 
Pure filth, mate. Pure filth. Sweet. Okay, so so I'm going to open up the conversation mm. with... F- 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 uh, that was my for mouth. me, for me, what... Oh! <laughs> um, <laughs> um, for me, what makes a Star Wars film? Mm-hmm, right. Right? Okay, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna name a few things. Okay, I'm not gonna try and get bogged down by too many details, but you know, Luke Bly, classic. I'm probably gonna. Um, <laughs> let me let me start. It's this is gonna sound really daft. Okay, anything the Star Wars logo is attached to, okay, means there's gonna be music. Okay, there's gonna be mm-hmm. powerful music. Obviously, it's not gonna be John Williams. Do I think they will start off the new films with um, the traditional opening crawl and music? Do you know what? I think they will. I think they will. I think it will look different. And trust me, trust me, I reckon in a few years' time, you're going to have in a smaller font at the start of each Skywalker saga film – the Skywalker Saga, Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Really? Skywalker Saga, Episode... I, I, I get the feeling. I okay. get the feeling. And then, okay, this this moves us to, to, the ne- to kind of like the next question. So that's how I'm feeling at the moment. I mm-hmm. think the music, the logo, it's all too powerful to, to, to lose, okay? Rogue One, they took a, they took a like, risk. And for the most part, it paid off. But that start of Rogue One, I still feel misses the crawl a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a whole different conversation of Rogue One being based like on a sentence in the original crawl. So a crawl in a crawl, okay? So it opens up a little bit of a paradox. But who cares? Just have it as standalone film or something or whatever, anthology, whatever. Just call it something. Just give it a flipping crawl, Okay. <laughs> And let me give you an example, mate. At the beginning of every Star Wars game, at the beginning of all the flipping old PC games that we used to play, at the beginning of the comics, at the beginning of the comics, you have a crawl. You do. You have a crawl, okay? (laughs) So, listen, the chances of them dropping a crawl is so low, in my opinion. So low. Pun intended. So low. (laughs) It's It's gonna be so low, honestly. Now, what else makes a Star Wars film? The Force. The Force is going to be in it, okay? Mm-hmm. Because that's the magic that binds everything together in the Star Wars universe. What else is there going to be? There's going to be lightsabers. There's going to be sabers. Okay, that's that's kind of like an obvious one. That's an elephant in the room. So now the question asks, story. What happens with story? Mm. And this is what you've already hinted at, right? Is a lot of stories are kind of pinned or somewhat related to the Skywalker saga, okay? However, one thing I would say on that, buddy, is that doesn't mean they are part of the Skywalker saga. Rogue One is technically not part of the Skywalker saga. It's it's standalone. It is separate. Mm -hmm. Just like Rebels, separate. Clone Wars, separate. Right? They are their own storytelling machines, right? And in my opinion, the, the, the some people are taking this like it's going to be totally different. And I think they could make it totally different. However, I still think they will relate some bits to the Skywalkers. 
Okay, so okay. you might have a new trilogy. It might be set a hundred years later after episode nine. It might be set a thousand years later after episode nine. There is no reason why you cannot still reference the Skywalkers, why you still cannot have Luke Skywalker mentioned, why you still can't have Palpatine mentioned, why you can't have a Clone Wars mentioned in there, you know? And this goes almost both ways, right? Because the, the Knights of the Old Republic was its own story, its own thing. However, yeah. it still had this, the iconic Star Wars logo attached to it. Of course it did. Had, had the music, had its own music too, right? It was a mix, had its own characters, its own story, you know, and people bore into it. People adored it and to this day adore it, right? So that's me kind of getting the conversation going here. I feel like if people, if they use those core elements and they write uh, the correct story, the appropriate story, you know, there's no reason why they can't connect it back to the Skywalkers. And all while it's its own story, it's his own saga. I don't see why not. I can't expand on any of that. So it's been a great show, guys, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> and no, that's a great. They are the great points. I've been mentally making notes of them to go back on that because the music and the cruel. I I tend to agree with you, especially the fanfare. You, you can't not have the fanfare because, and I know Rogue One didn't have the fat the traditional fanfare. And I know a Solo didn't. They had their own bits, but if these are going to be setting up major stories like becoming the new sagas i think you've got to have the fanfare you can't ditch that the crawl i said for rogue one and solo and solo kind of did it actually in all because people were saying people are going to get confused because there's a crawl they're not going to know it's part part of the skywalker saga people aren't that daft we've got also we've got to do is just have the crawl in a different in a different color have it like these the yeah. star wars blue yeah. yes you know, it, therefore yes. it's completely it, it's it oh that's, oh that's a different color to the main saga oh yeah, this isn't part of that right got it blue means different easy done it's explainable in seconds so i think i think especially for the whatever the first trilogy of films coming out and whoever it's by i think they have to have a crawl just yes. just because again when a new hope came out of 77 Obviously, nobody knew what the heck was going on, but there was a crawl there, a, a 45 second, one minute crawl to set the scene. That already got a yeah. lot of exposition out of the way and stopped characters having to, like in the, what happened in the prequels, even though they had a crawl, the characters spent a lot of time explaining the plot and the story. Now, if you can get the crawl in there, you don't need to do that because you've already got that uh, first stumbling block out of the way. So I think they need that. The Force and lightsabers, again, spot on. They're not going anywhere. And I think the Mandalorian is going to set the precedence because. As far as I'm aware, as of now, there aren't going to be any original trilogy characters in there. It's going to be a disconnected story. It's going to be in the Skywalker saga timeline, as you mentioned with the other films. But this is going to kind of be now its own standalone thing, which doesn't rely on traditional Star Wars conventions to get it through. So yeah. if and, and look how excited us included. I mean, cheeky Mando's for for the lads. We are dead excited for the Mandalorian. If you think about it, there's no mention of the Force. There's no mention of lightsabers. It just looks like a great Star Wars story. Do you know what it comes down to, mate? It comes down to execution. Oh, and it really, and on, it really, me, really drank my water. Get it? Water? Why? Me? He must be tired. Yeah, I know. I know, man. I think it's it also crazy. depends on the area it's set in as well. Because we're doing a trilogy before the Phantom Menace be easier. I think it would because we we know the story that's going to come after that. So you you give a bit more leeway. If it's going to be after the rise of Skywalker, like a long time after. That presents a series of challenges for better or worse because you're setting the bar for the stories and you're now laying down the ground rules. 
Whereas the Skywalker saga has laid down ground rules and a new trilogy is also going to do that. What can you do? What can't you do in this new era? Um, and visually, which way are they going to go? Are they going to look gritty? Are they going to look a bit more spacey and a bit more prequel-esque? How are they? So it's that kind of thing as well. Do they rely on the core characters from The Rise of Skywalker? There's nothing to say that actually Oscar Isaac could be the star of the next trilogy. Nothing to say he couldn't be, or he could, or he could be in there, or he could weave his way in and out of it to give that familiarity without being OTT. But um, it's exciting, though, because these new films will be the new, quote-unquote, original trilogy for so many people. And a chance for more lore, canon quotes, and new characters, weapons, blah, whatever. It's really exciting. But I agree with yeah. you that I think the the key components of Star Wars, including the music and the crawl, have to stay and it just all depends on that e word as well because the story the story has got to be solid and it can't be the same uh, it can't just be what we know already like a a disillusioned youth is from a a, back, a backwater planet suddenly rises up to become the hero of the galaxy to take down the big bad guys we've seen that done before now in the original trilogy uh, and kind of seemingly in the sequel trilogy as well the story can't go down that route so they've got to try something different i think anyway no, I, I agree with that, man. And it, and do you know what? I feel like there's going to be a lot of uh, fresh perspectives here. Mm-hmm. But also, I do feel like there's going to be a lot of creative freedom here yes. to tell an original story that has um, real quality to it. Um, you know, if they do it right, like you said, it's a magical word, execution, right? But everything comes down to that execution drink. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you know that's kind of like the obvious right but also let's not forget that this doesn't just actually i'm going to come back to that thought let me shelve that thought okay right okay that's that shelf just just for the time being okay (laughs) let me just go back to to something as well right lucasfilm are going to learn their lessons they're going to learn their mistakes okay and the feedback so far from a few different um sources and from Bob Iger himself, yep. is that they they tried the, the Disney and Lucasfilm companies respectfully, basically tried to do too much of Star Wars, right? Is right. a long story short, and Solo is kind of the result of that. Now we know the the solo not doing you know terrifically or joining the billion dollar club at the box office. Is because of many, 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 many reasons. I'm a true believer that a big part of that is it, its marketing and the fact it was placed in May 2018 yeah. against one of the biggest film events of, of the decade, you know, Infinity War. Yeah. Both, both distributed by Disney. So figure that one out. It's absolutely mental. But we won't go down that spiral, right? But there's things they're going to learn from this, okay? They're going to learn that they need to plan their trilogies better. They're scheduling better. They're going to learn specific things from Solo, like not having a crawl. Okay, like I said, Rogue One, I think kind of got away with it. They got away with it. Solo, you have in a galaxy far, far away, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and then more blue text. We got a crawl, but in a different format. Yeah, we got our story. We got our exposition. Yeah. Figure that one out. I and and I don't. I do not get that at all. I think that was a stupid decision. Absolutely ridiculous. But it and was in blue though. <laughs> so it that... was in blue though. <laughs> it was in blue though. Good point, mate. Good point. 
But I think Disney are going to learn from that, right? And they're going to they're going to take note and they're going to see, you know, what do the fans really enjoy, right? And they're going to they're going to like take note of all these sort of things. Um, and if they mix that those those revisions, so to speak, mm-hmm. with good good um, writing, good planning, then then ladies and gentlemen, we we're in for a good time. In for a very 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 good time, and if it's marketed well, if it's sold right, then honestly, this is going to be awesome. And the truth is, is that people kind of are in the mood to, uh, for for new stories. They are more open to to you know different forms of Star Wars storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, and I hate to use it again, Rogue One is is an example of that. Okay, so set in the original trilogy. Um, and he had a few familiar aesthetics there in the stormtroopers and whatnot, etc. There's no reason why you can't have similar aesthetics, you know, in other saga films. It's Star Wars. It's in the same universe. It, I'm telling you, mate. They will, I, I think we're in for a ride. You've just—I um, was just about to mention the creative freedom, but now you've just mentioned something else. If we're doing a again, this is all spitballing here because it's all hypothetical. But if they are going to do a um, story set. 100 years after the rise of Skywalker, Blywalker, or a 1,000 years, do you think they would bring back some kind of variation of a Stormtrooper again? Or do you think we'd see a whole new different type of trooper? Now, I know, of course, we don't know anything that's going on, but would that be regressive? Just basically saying, oh, look, here's the bad guys, and they have more guys in white armour. Oh, Or do I'm, we really change things look, up? I, I, It's not going to be a Stormtrooper. It's not going to be a Stormtrooper, I don't think. I think they're going to move away from that. But mm-hmm. actually saying that, saying that, I don't know. Because the, the storm, Stormtrooper armor and uh, clone armor and armor in general mm-hmm. is is something of like a staple in Star Wars. Exactly. Right? Purely, purely because um, it's like soldiers in our world all wear like helmets with like camouflage uniform and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter really what country they're from, right? You'll have a British soldier, um, might look a little different to an American soldier um, and a French one, so on and so forth. But they all kind of have designs and whatnot that you can relate to. And historically that works backwards too, right? You can see the quote unquote evolution of um, armor Mm -hmm. over over time. Um, And that makes sense too. So, you know, who's to say that they wouldn't use it? However, I think they will probably, if I was them, I would move away from the white armor mm-hmm. aesthetic. Um, and I think I think they're already picking up on that in The Rise of Skywalker. You know, I can't wait to see these Sith troopers in action. Yes. It's going to be sick. However, yeah I, yeah, I think they'll probably move away from it. But it will still feel Star Wars-y. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't go for a different color slightly different design mm-hmm. if like the the new new republic or whatever it'll be called um will have that sort of armor and this is a bit of a cop-out but let's see how episode nine goes but i wouldn't be surprised if the next trilogy is about external forces from a different galaxy or mm-hmm. something like that um i don't know it, it, it could be anything could be That's anything. the exciting part as well i'd like yeah, I, I, right, right. I tend to agree with you there as well i i think they well actually I believe they should move away from the Stormtrooper variant design. I'd like to see, sure. uh, if we're going to have henchmen and foot soldiers, I'd like to see them unmasked. I'd like to see, you know, so we can see what the what the bad guys, if you were, what the soldiers who are fighting on the wrong side, 
look like, see the whites of their eyes. I'd like, I'd like to see them in, obviously, in some sort of um, uniformed attire, but actually now we'll actually have their faces on screen. Obviously, there's a lot of work for extras, so we might get some work out of this, but I don't know what, just, just for something different. You know, either, maybe even the, the uniform could look, uh, have like visual nods to a stormtrooper uh, armour, but I'd like to see something a bit, I'd like to see them really go for something a bit different now. Otherwise, it is just going to be like the Emperor's new clothes. Something's a bit, it's things we've already seen before. But again, it all depends on how they do it. They could come out with a completely boss-looking um, outfit, outfit like they're going for a party, um, <laughs> armour. Like the Death Death Troopers, it looks stormtrooper enough, but at the same time, it looks awesome. A little green light design. looks wicked. And obviously, they're all like seven feet tall. But So there are ways yeah. that they could subvert it, but I'd kind of like to see them just be like, without a helmet on just for something different um but about the or creative droids freedom again, maybe or, or droids yeah just maybe don't say roger roger this time nigel nigel or something but the creative Rider freedom <laughs> nigel 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 <laughs> or just saw something or other but do you know what i was thinking again what this is what i love this question is um with the creative freedom where the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy are somewhat shackling the new canon because new stories have to fit in with the pre-existing stories, uh, and it's and retcon a lot of pre-existing stuff, fix things, tie things up because obviously these stories have been told over forty years without any kind of real eye on tying it all together. The new movies are going to be setting the story, so they you know they can. I imagine the story group are, are plotting out the entire stories now. So here's the films. What can we get which can tie in in terms of animation, comics, books? Because now they don't have to necessarily retcon things they're going to be writing their own it's like the mcu have done basically all of those films tie in so well together because there was a starting point with the with iron man which was never always intended to be the franchise starter because if that had um, gone up in flames we'd have no mcu they did have an end an end credit scene and everything in that so there was a plan but with kevin feige and that on board they had a plan that every film was going to link in any external materials would link into the films but because they were setting the story there was never going to be contradictions they wouldn't have to go back on themselves for something that was said 10 years ago because it's been planned out in advance i imagine the story group was doing that now and ryan johnson all praise that man he said very recently in an interview that the story group are actually still finalizing the timelines of the upcoming movies which is why he hasn't started on his work yet so he said he may he may even try and fit in another film because it looks like it looks like knives out is going to be up for a best picture nomination judging by the reaction which has been yeah. the, the reaction to that has been so superb which i can't wait to see that but i wouldn't be surprised if the story group have an idea alongside ben elf and weiss and ryan johnson of the stories that those creative people want to tell and i wouldn't be surprised if they're now mapping out you know, not just those stories, but 20 years before those, 20 years afterwards or something, so they can create their own uh, new timelines. And I love that. The creative freedom is true. They've now got potentially the chance to rip up the rule book, do what they want, keep it within the, f- the framework. But that is the most exciting part for me is, yeah, we're getting new stories, but everything's new. So in terms of, yeah, remaining relevant and popular, I don't see why it couldn't, because again, the Star Wars IP is always going to attract people. These new movies are going to be the new trilogy for youngsters growing up, and there's going to be something for nearly everyone in it. Of course, until we know the story, it's it, it will be it's hard to definitively answer that question. But as we're doing now, we can give some ideas. And yeah, I think the idea of the creative freedom of basically saying right with these new films, 
every piece of connecting material is going to be uh, relevant and valid now because we are writing our own new stories now. We haven't got to yes. go back and fix a exhaust port in a Death Star. We haven't got to go back and fix why Leia somehow remembers her mother and all of this kind of um, uh, funky stuff. So <laughs> I'm excited for that yeah. as well. But um, it's, it's the characters as well I'm excited for. All they've yeah. got to say, it, this sounds easy, but what they've got to do is give us a core... Another core character, group of characters, like your Han, Leia, and Luke, your Finn, Poe, Ray, because people love those three characters, and 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 obviously Obi Wan, Anakin, and Padme. There's a huge fans of those three as well. Are they going to keep that kind of uh, team of three approach, or we're going to get a mm. big old group of characters mm-hmm. like Rogue One had? A lot of people criticised the development. I thought it worked very well. I'm interested to see the characters, but it, again, if as long as the characters are written well. Who's we know is no one's expecting to have like a new renaissance of you know these these characters may not be held up in such esteem as Han Solo is for example forty years later we don't know that but it comes down to how well the characters are written as well and what direction they decide to take the characters as long as they keep it you know as long as they keep it within the galactic politics and don't try to make it too real world I don't see a problem with that either. Yeah, I totally agree, and I really echo your thoughts about real world politics and whatnot that's the like one um request if 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 like lucasfilm are listening to this hey guys like try just and keep it star warsy keep it a galaxy far mm. far away and don't, love don't the politics drag in it but they're they're galactic it, politics yeah 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 and we, we don't want it to be too much of like leaning either either side of the real world political spectrum yeah. You know, you do, you just want it Star Wars. You just you want, want a good Star story Wars. and good fun. Absolutely. Do you mate. think and they go more mature, or do you think they keep it fun? Oh, they'll keep it family friendly. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Star Wars, yeah. and, and that's the thing, right? People people gonna be asking like things left, right, and center. You know, it's it's the thing is, it's going to be different enough, hopefully, to uh, keep our interest, which I'm sure it will, and for us to love it. But I think it will be. Same old Star Wars, you know, same old rusty ships, same old people trying to take over the galaxy, (laughs) same, same old people trying to take over the galaxy and whatnot and do good in their eyes. And, and that's all the excitement too. And plus we've mentioned it, you know, briefly, briefly throughout the podcast is that Disney plus is going to be here. Right. And it's going to be, you know, pumping out fantastic phenomenal star wars material that <laughs> yes. we can watch in our own homes we're going to be having the mandalorian we're going to be having an obi-wan kenobi series <gasps> yes an obi-wan series we're going to be having the cassian andor show yes. right we're going to have rebels and clone wars on demand on and demand resistance right? is going to be there and resistance and maybe in the future animated shows too right Star Wars isn't going anywhere. The relevance of Star Wars is so big, right? Star Wars as an IP is so massive. Despite the fact, despite the fact that Endgame is the biggest film of all time, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, debatably, they they have really earned that. I, I believe they have earned it. They've, they've done an amazing job tying together a massive universe. That's you know, incredible. is it my favorite universe? It, no, it's not. Marvel doesn't really do it for me. Um, but I'm not here to talk about that. Right. The fact of the matter is, is I think th- potentially if it comes to the future, 
what will stay more relevant? Will it be Marvel or Star Wars? I'm going to pick Star Wars, right? Because Star Wars, with like, it just withstands the test of time. It does. It's just like a fact, okay? Just like mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings were pumping out like the equivalent i'm sure if you like um did a uh what's it called an adjustment to inflation yep you know these especially at time to times of release the lord of the rings trilogy was one of the biggest trilogies ever released right they yep. were huge swept Everyone up the academy of lord of the rings now they released the hobbit films no one's interested crap mm. no one no one no one can be bothered to go see them they're not great. They weren't well received, really. Um, maybe I'm being a bit harsh. No, they weren't. The no, they weren't. That that is the truth. By the wider right? audience. Now, this is, I I don't mean to talk about Marvel loads, right? But you know, do I think Marvel will reach its the same popularity as what it what it has been doing in the Infinity Saga and the Endgame and whatnot? No way. Mm-hmm. No way. Like I, I'm really happy for the Marvel fans that have had like a real roller coaster of a time and, and you know see their film um have a phenomenal ending you know and that's what they've done they've, they've they've done a really good ending but that's exactly what it is maybe it was too good of an ending i feel like it's going to be really really hard to get the same interest right but star wars is different star wars is different despite despite a quote-unquote bad prequel trilogy, according to some people, you know, and critically, they weren't amazingly received, you know? No, they weren't. Um, Star Wars survives. Star Wars survives. The Clone Wars kept Star Wars alive, and and millions and millions and millions watched the Clone Wars because that was what was coming out. People were still reading Star Wars books and comics like years after Revenge of the Sith, right? And lo and behold, a few years later, 10 years later, oh, yep, we're going to release uh, third biggest film of all time, Star Wars Episode Seven, right? I know now it's like the fourth, right, or yeah. whatever it is. But still, Star Wars as an IP, I think is more is still going to be more of a heavyweight contender, and it's going to survive, people. It's here to stay. Yeah, I, I, love, I love that. Uh, way of thinking maybe it's because there's more gap uh, greater gaps between films because obviously again we're not bashing marvel i don't mind some of their films no no obviously they they come out kind of fairly regularly at least two a year whereas star wars we're getting one a year but potentially we're going to get one every two or three years maybe it's the event film kind of feeling that we have to wait longer to get the star wars film so we get time for the speculation excitement to build so when they do come it feels like an event Maybe that's part of the reason why it's here to stay. And I agree that Clone Wars was like the defibrillator because let's not let's not try and wear rose-tinted glasses here. The prequel trilogies wasn't well-received by the majority of film fans. Even and Now it's got its renaissance and, you know, we are glad it has because we're fans of it. But for a oh. long time, it was, a, it was a stick to beat Star Wars with. The prequel memes, which are hilarious, at one point were, you know, the best part of it. They, were, they, they existed simply to poke fun at this, you know, just dying uh, trilogy, it's true. but now it's that it's, it's almost like a celebration of the prequels because people have grown up and it's like, come on, this, this, if they were good, fun films. They may not be the best films in the world, but some of the best films in the world aren't the best films in the world. If you know what I mean, things like yeah. uh, Avatar, Titanic, well, certainly Avatar, not a great film, second biggest film of all time, which I think is going to be number one again before the second one comes out. And they're going to re-release that Titanic, very good film. Is it the best film of all time? No, but it's the third biggest film of all time. Uh, it's things like that. Some it's 
the best films aren't always true. Yeah, it's so. true. But no, I think, it's yeah, true. you're right. It, it's the expended canon that's going to come out. So the books, the comics, and I know I rattle on about these a lot. I'm a fiend. But the animation, the live action series that might tie in, that is also what's going to keep Star Wars going. And I know that the question was specifically to how do the films remain relevant. But if everything surrounding the films is working, it's only going to get more hype for the films, I think. Because especially if we've got a two year gap between films, which I think we might, I think would be quite good to have. Like, well, like we, I mean, to be fair, with the sequel trilogy, we've had two year gaps between the films. We've just had Solo and Rogue One to fill those gaps. Now, I don't think we're going to have, I don't think we're going to have standalone films in between. So I think we're going to get, uh, let's say, Benioff and Weiss. I think we're going to get their first film. Then there's going to be a two year gap. We're going to get their second film. And then we're going to be a two-year gap and we're getting their third film. And let's say they decide to um, play a bit of a Ryan Johnson sandwich and have his films come out in the gap years in between. Maybe not the best marketing strategy, I don't know. But I'd be interested to see what the gap is. Because again, if they do that, Ryan Johnson's trilogy isn't going to see the light of day for about another eight years. If not, or within mm. the next decade, which is odd. Considering if it that, happens. It, yeah, if it, I still think it will do. Because especially, I mean, I've mentioned it, Knives Out is doing well. It's one of my most anticipated films of the year, which I called in January. It is getting high praise. It looks like it looks like potentially it could be up for one of the ten best picture Oscar nominations. And now Ryan Johnson could be up for a best director. Heck, he could even win. Who knows? We haven't seen the film yet. Now that then means you know you you want that kind of caliber on your film. Yes, we've got the Last Jedi, but then nobody can nobody can say. Ryan Johnson isn't a good director, and I know that um, awards and um, Oscars and that don't mean don't carry a lot of weight with every film fan because again, it's just a it's a you know my film better than your film by by a bunch of judges, but that's clout, that's serious clout, and I don't think and I think Lucasfilm would be mad to let that kind of heavyweight clout go to be able to say from the Academy Award nominated or something in front of their new films. Also, he's a, he's proven Ryan Johnson is a great storyteller. If you don't like The Last Jedi, fine, okay, that's fine, we get that. But he's a great storyteller in his other films as well. So I think they would be mad to not have Ryan Johnson complete, to start his trilogy. I mean, And again, all we know is he's going to be directing the first one, but he's going to do the treatment for all three of them. So it's not to say he's going to be even directing all three of them, but they've got to get him on board. But I think um, I think he could do something well. Again, we don't know anything about Benioff and Weiss. I think Celebration in Anaheim 2020... We're going to get some yep. real uh, stories and some news out of it, but I think watch this space. Yeah, I think they they there are plenty of ways to make uh, make sure Star Wars remains relevant, but it comes down to whether the films are going to be any good, of which we have no idea. Because if they if they come out and they are, if the reception is that of the prequel trilogy, well, that's not going to be the best start. If they come out and we get like a Force Awakens type opener where everyone's buzzing and look, Star Wars is back and it's new and it's fresh. Then we're going to be set on the on on the road to glory, but it all depends on those stories and if the films are actually any good. Mm, mm. I think you're right, mate. And I, you know, I I change my mind on the daily on whether <laughs> Ryan's going to get his trilogy. Trilogy uh, recently, I've been thinking he's not going to get a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Recently, um, and I think even even if that is agreed, right. I don't think we're going to know about it till after episode nine. And I think that's on purpose. You know, now Disney Lucasfilm, they don't want any bad news or bad related or negative um, news, you know, even re- remotely related to the Star Wars brand leading up to episode nine. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, 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 this is going to be a 
big film, a big film. Um, and our patrons know what, <laughs> how much we <laughs> yeah. think, how much we think the rise of Skywalker is going to bring in at the box office, right? So our patrons know that. And yeah, I, I, I think let's see, let's watch this space. But the conversation isn't just about what we think, is it, Jabba the Hutt? It never is, because you know why? We're legends, we're geezers, we're the galactic geezers, we're the sergeants of spice, but it's you guys who <laughs> also make this show. Sergeants of spice. <laughs> sergeants <laughs> Classic. Should we push open those big old heavy doors, my friend? Yeah, let's do he's, the, it. he's the guy with the hair and the muscles, I'm just a mouthpiece. Here we are, look, it's not just us and a bunch of weird aliens in the Bantina, we're joined by you guys, you handsome guys and girls out there, the best listeners in the galaxy. So we've had our say on what we think about the subject. What did you guys say about the main subject? Uh, Master Blywalker, take us away. Right, okay, so up first of you absolute legends, we got Chatter Squadron, who said, considering the cacophony of Star Wars podcasts (laughs) and genius original content fans are making on the regular, I think it will be one of the longest-lasting franchises in human history. No worries from us after the rise of Skywalker. Fire emojis. Agreed. Bang. I know a good Star Wars podcast. D10VX said, it's like asking if Marvel will remain popular after Endgame. Now, when we received this message, I actually sent old D1, old D10, a message about this. And I've just mentioned that the next phase of the MCU doesn't have Iron Man, doesn't have Captain America, Black Widow, Spider-Man, doesn't have the threat of Thanos. The big guns are gone. So, and the next mm. phase of movies aren't pulse racing. The buzz has been about the diversity of character selection rather than the excitement surrounding the films. And the diversity is absolutely much welcome because they don't need it. However, the next phase is an unknown quantity. There's no guarantee that they're going to replicate the current success. Black Panther, Captain Marvel and Thor should do well, but there's no guarantee that they're ever going to hit those endgame heights again. So, uh, which, he, which he agreed True. on. So that was my, my caveat, my answer back to that. So true, so true. Good points, man. Um, Up next, we've got Dan Alex Hales, who said, fully depends on three factors. Number one, Dan and Dave and Ryan's movies have an interesting story. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two, there are a few familiar things, either um, diehard fans or regular cinema goers. And three, marketing and advertising has to be in the faces of regular cinema goers, as not many will know that there are at least six new movies coming out after The Rise of Skywalker. Yes, yes, and yes, Dan, and I think those will be covered, boy. Yeah, and you mentioned marketing as well. Boy, hello, hello, boy. And you mentioned that marketing as well. Uh, Eva Bizio Bizio said uh, they can visit past characters like Whatever Happened To. Uh, We know, for example, that Boba Fett fell to the Sarlacc. We weren't told with certainty that he died there. What have you managed to get out somehow? What did he do? That's not the Mandalorian. Or is it? Mm. So they could revisit old characters. Nothing to say that they can't do that. So true. So true. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I'm, I'm totally agreeing with that. Mandalorian. So flipping buzzed for that show. <laughs> so excited for that. Up next, regular listener and all-round regent. Le- regent? Legend. <laughs> Regent might just well be Regent. If you yeah, mix Reg- Rose and Legend, you got Regent? Regent. He's a Regent. Um, old Iranian Rose said, I think Disney Plus is going to make Star Wars more popular than ever, especially with the younger crowd. The future of the films, however, is going to depend on which direction they decide to take the franchise and if they can remain relevant to that new demographic. Star Wars has to evolve to survive. Interesting point. 
Yep, always there with the hot takes. Uh, the boss lady, Genevieve Therese Remy, she gave us she gave us a two-pronged attack. Firstly, she said, I want a slice of life comedy with a laugh track set in the Star Wars universe, set in the Moss Eisley Cantina. Literally, cheers, but make it Star Wars. <laughs> I think that would be really popular. I guess you could put a bit of Joey in there as well, like put, someone puts their head through the cantina door, hey, or whatever, and everyone could laugh. She also sent in the following voice message. Hey guys, um, I've actually been thinking about this a lot because... I know that for the most part, when people talk about liking Star Wars, their interest always stems from the original trilogy. And then from there, you have various degrees of involvement with the material. So some people are like the original trilogy only and then watch the prequels because they felt, you know, they they had to or they were excited for it, of course. But the natural progression of going from the original trilogy to the prequels to see what the backstory is for all these other characters then you have people that have engaged with the first two trilogies and then maybe the expanded universe books, maybe the video games, but not really anything else. Then you have people that have just absorbed every single Star Wars thing in existence, the older books, the newer books, the TV shows. And I know people that love Star Wars, but they just have never watched Rebels or either version of Clone Wars because they thought it was, you know, for kids, juvenile, whatever even though they are very good and have very complex stories. But unless things are very directly tied to the original trilogy, I don't find that people are as interested in them. And there's something that people in the Star Wars fandom in particular can't handle about something about their character being changed. I think changed. I think that's something that, like with Solo was disappointing for a lot of people. That's just not the backstory they wanted for this character that has been in, you know, the public consciousness for the last 40 years. Um, and I think that by going off and doing their own thing, you know, making movies that are not tied to any of these stories, it's good because they have the freedom and the ability to just create new characters in this very expansive universe that is Star Wars, where every background character has a backstory and without disappointing somebody like, you know, classic example. Nobody wanted that to be Boba Fett's backstory in Attack of the Clones, but it's what we got anyway. You don't have to disappoint people. But then also, wh- why should I be interested if I'm somebody that only likes things associated to the original trilogy? I think it's very complicated it depends how they go about it. You know, I guess I'll just say the word. It's all about the execution of it. But um, I think that they're not going to be as popular as anything that came before it. Because as it is, they've already lost a lot of interest with the current trilogy, which is really unfortunate. And with the Star Wars stories that have gone on. But I'm hopeful for a lot of the Disney Plus things. And I think as TV shows, they'll work out. But I don't know about movies. Thank you so much for your voice messages. We love getting them. And yeah, I agree. Many fans' interest stems from the original trilogy. So, unless things are directly tied to that era, people don't seem to be as interested. Because even with the new canon coming out, materials, a lot of it is intrinsically linked to the original trilogy. It's almost like Lucasfilm, I don't want to stray too far from what makes Star Wars currently what it is in the zeitgeist. So, um, yeah, the fans can't seem to handle the idea of things being changed Solo, certain things I loved about Solo, certain things I didn't like how he got his name <sighs> but as we yeah. mentioned, yeah, the new stories allow the new opportunities in the galaxy 
without disappointing people. If, if something's new, you can't disappoint someone on the story. The story, the film might not be very good, but you can't ruin anyone's expectations if you, ha if you shouldn't have any to start with. And yes, Genevieve's dropped the execution word drink. So thank, have one on Genevieve for us as well. But she, uh, Genevieve follows up basically by saying they're not going to be as popular, which is unfortunate. The TV shows will be. Now that is going to be the iron test. I, if these films will be as popular as let's say, the sequel trilogy films in terms of box office, but I think the TV shows will blow most things out of the water. Yeah, I think the TV shows are going to be real special. Um, I'm not so sure about the comedy. <laughs> comedy <laughs> sitcom. Cheers, Star Wars Universe. Uh, that's, a, uh, that's a no from me. You don't want to laugh, Greg? Um, uh, no. Um, long story short, no. Um <laughs> But listen, I, I think I think I'm more leaning towards if there is Star Warsy stuff in there, um, from music, uh, ships, lightsabers, the Force, and an amazing storytelling mix of music. You know, there's, you know, I I feel like they could do it. They could do it, um, and it'll be phenomenal and amazing. Uh, I don't think it has to necessarily just pin on the original trilogy and mm -hmm. I feel like that's what they want to move away from I feel like they're ready to move away from that um, but yeah that's that's just my two, two, two pennies worth anyway um, but thank you for sending that in as ever Genevieve um, up next Brock Bellinger said I believe that Star Wars films can remain popular after the Skywalker saga ends the anthology films such as Rogue One are a great opportunity for Star Wars storytelling. The original Disney Plus content, including The Mandalorian, will also excite fans for upcoming Star Wars films. Yep. So well, true. So true. Uh, Knucklehead TV. Great name. Movie-wise, an Old Republic trilogy made by the Game of Thrones guys is the best opportunity to keep it popular. An animated series of Luke, Han, Leia, Chewie and Lando post-Return of the Jedi made by Dave Filoni, would also be super popular. I mean, that would that would blow the doors off most people's minds if they could get the old the old guard back and, and see their stories in an animated setting. No reason why they couldn't mm. do. Old Republic was always a popular choice, though. Yeah, you're an absolute king, knucklehead. Keep kinging. Um, up next, Renegade 6 Killer. Um, keep the formula. Avoid nostalgia. Um, ignore the toxic elements of fandom you know what i i kind of like i kind of like all of that but i do like a little cheeky salt based sprinkle of nostalgia <laughs> won't lie to you won't lie to you no don't rub it in our faces too much but give us some of the good stuff we like so yeah i think that kind of encapsulates the whole thing renegade um snicked 87 the king of wales the man with the golden tones he sent in this voice message hey dudes it would be interesting to see if the newer movies stand on their own beyond the Skywalker saga. Since 1977, the world has been attached to the Skywalkers, Organas and Solos. There's no saying that Rey might not be somehow linked to the future films, as we still don't know her heritage, or why the lightsaber called to her. As the future goes, I can see the Disney Plus content bringing out more fans, and hopefully future films will grow a whole new fan base bringing the fandom back into balance. I believe Star Wars will always be popular, and as Yoda says, Pass on what you have learned! The Orkenvald guys, catch me on Instagram and Twitter at snick 87 And let's just talk about that Yoda impression. Mm, it came out of nowhere. Mm. 
I heard classic. it, and I was like, he just dropped that bang out of nowhere. So, you know, spot classic on Welsh Luke. Yoda. Classic <laughs> yeah. Welsh Yoda. I'd like to see you speak in Welsh, in Yoda's voice. But, yeah, it's um, it will be interesting to see if the new film stands alone. I, I agree with you, because we've had that attachment for so long. It is that's what it is kind of like that, like you're sending your kids off to university or whatever now. Mm. And what do you do now? You've got to start fresh. Could Ray be attached to future stories? You did mention that, actually that could we have some of these new characters mm. linked in yep. some way? Because we don't know her heritage. She could be she could start a new heritage, and like I said, it could be hundreds of years down the line, and it could be not necessarily offspring of Ray, but something connected to it. So. I, I I like the idea of them tying in the sequel trilogy somehow because again it just great, it lends great credence to this trilogy ties in with the events that we know and love but not to the point where it's completely hanging its hat on it and yeah Disney Plus is going to bring in new fans and these movies are going to work for the new fans that is an extremely pertinent point yes I I totally agree with that and I love that he mentions the Ray thing especially because we don't know. What's going to happen with her? We don't, we don't know how exactly. they're going to answer the lineage. We don't know if it is. You know, we don't know. And I think half of this subject, we might have a little better idea after episode nine. And we, I know we've not covered that, you know, per se in this episode, because, you know, you can talk about a thousand and one different yeah. things. Um, but that is that is the obvious thing, right, is that maybe episode nine leaves us in a place where it's kind of, not not obvious, but it's more apparent with how mm-hmm. the franchise will 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 um, play out going forward. And yeah. I think that's something really important to remember too. You know? Yeah, I agree. Nice one, Luke. Yeah. Thank you, mate. Both Lukes. Yeah, thank <laughs> Luke and Luke legends. Yeah. Um, right up next, we've got Evan John ninety seven who said after the Skywalker Soga Saga Soga Soga. <laughs> Soga. After the Skywalker Soga is over, (laughs) a great way to keep Star Wars films popular would be to make movies about the Old Republic. Yeah, I still think that's a strong possibility. Yeah, I think we're going to get that in some way, shape or form as well. Uh, Kelly Hoston, day oneer, legend, said, this is a tough one, it is. How far can you drift from what makes Star Wars exactly what it is before the fans walk away? And how close can you cut it before it's essentially the same story in different clothes? I don't envy Ryan or Benioff and Weiss. And that is the key question, which I think is a magnificent question because it's true. How far removed can you become where it doesn't feel like Star Wars anymore? But how mm. how close to the bone can you cut it before it just feels like you're doing the same old stuff? Uh, yes. It's a fantastic point, And I agree. Ryan and Dave and Dan... How they? I don't know what they're gonna have to work their magic somehow. But you know, I trust all of them. But I think that's a brilliant encapsulation of the uh, the issue itself. Yeah, it's it's a great point. It's a great point, and it's always good to hear from Kelly. And and it's going to be amazing to see how they balance uh, all of this. Um, you never know; the force might be balanced by this time, so it yeah. might make things a little bit easier. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, <laughs> up next people ladies and gentlemen star wars sessions <laughs> listeners from all corners of the globe have we got something special from you it's a voice message that none other the man the myth the legend the buddy the king of pennsylvania anthony a rural farm boy hit it i'll do maddie luke star wars sessioners it's what i call star wars session listeners it's anthony rural farm boy and the show's going to be talking about after the Skywalker saga ends, and I know some folks are still having a little bit of problem getting hold of that. 
and it's very plain, folks. Any kind of story, be it a Star Wars story or otherwise, got two things. They got a start and they got an end, and the end of this one's coming. But I wouldn't go and directly put that down just yet, because there's other stories we know that are coming. It's going to take place in that timeline. Maybe not like directly relatable to Luke, Leia, Ben Solo, as Skywalkers, but it's surely in that timeline. So maybe that's not quite done just yet. And there's other things Lucasfilm be working on that we don't know about going to fit in that timeline. Look at all the different gaps through the whole saga that's still open for stories to be told. But what the question Maddie and Luke put out is, can other Star Wars stories remain popular after Skywalker Saga isn't nearly being told directly? And in my opinion, and I'm hoping other folks going to go and say and use that too, because that'll, that'll stop any potential arguments. Yeah, it'll surely remain popular. And all of us in our fandom, hashtag all together in our fandom, we're going to see to that through all the generations of our fandom. From folks my age to the prequel generation, whose time is now, that'd be Maddie and Luke among them, and other listeners. And then the generation such as my girls, and the youngest generation after them. We're all going to see to it. It doesn't matter what the story is going to be told, and you can surely bet Lucasfilm knows exactly what they're doing. They've got the bestest plans, and it's always included everything that it started with that came from George Lucas. They're still doing it in the same way. And also keep in mind that every, every one of them works at Lucasfilm down to the fella in the back lot pushing the broom. They're all fans, same as we are, each and every one of them. Maybe in their different ways, as we are all are in our different ways in the fandom. They're all fans just like us. They just get the good fortune being able to tell us Star Wars stories, and there's more coming. And I'm looking forward to as many as I can get, as long as the Force allows me to stay, be here. So let's see what other listeners think, and I hope they bust your inbox. And I look forward to your show coming to my playlist. Same as other sessioners can be looking forward to it, too. So I look for you then, and may the Force be with you. May the Force be with us all. See you on the radio. <laughs> what a lot. What okay. a lot. This guy. This guy. This guy. What an absolute lad. Um, yeah, I think I, I agree with you, Anthony. You know, like Star Wars is it's going gonna, it's gonna to remain popular. That's what Star Wars does. Um, like I said earlier, it's such a massive IP. People will come out in, in like millions, literally millions, to come and see a new Star Wars film. That's just how it works. Um, I would also, just a side note as well, something on, on my own mm-hmm. i wonder with this um new trilogy if they're going to really try and hit that uh asian market yeah like they, china, they could do the china they tried, market they did try it with rogue one to an extent yeah. didn't they yeah absolutely and i think other than that i think i think anthony's just given some really solid um very uh neutral um perspectives in into the future of star wars and they're, they're all pretty re- relevant and like he said as long as the force allows it He's going to be happy with as many Star Wars stories <laughs> as he can get. Shalom to that, mate. Completely agree. If you want a grounded opinion of someone just to bring everyone back down to the galactic ground, a rural farm boy, Anthony the King, the main man That's who that. made his own Ronto wraps for breakfast this morning. Yeah. What a man. 
he's the man to do it. And like you say, we're gonna. He says we're gonna have stories in the Skywalker timeline. Might not be related to the classic characters. We haven't actually necessarily thought about that. These films could be set within the same time period, but just on the other side of the galaxy with nothing to do with what's going on. Then yeah. that's where you kind of get your nostalgia feels from. He also gave a shout out to the Star Wars sessioners. What <laughs> king! So yeah, absolutely. Thank you, mate. And I fully agree with you. As long as the force allows it, we know that you will be there banging the drum for Star Wars because that's what you do. We're all in this together, man. So thank you so much for your message. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. And uh, speaking of Dr. Aphra and Indiana Jones, we've got Vindiana Jones. And he said, um, I would love to go forward with great characters, planets, aliens, space battles, lightsabers, ships, vehicles, heroes versus villains, and story development in the Star Wars universe. I don't want, quote-unquote, risk-taking. I don't want subvert expectations or characters finding their human side. So Vindiana Jones wants that kind of classic swashbuckling Star Wars feel, I think, mm, by I like getting that. at that. I like that. I like that. And I like the classic good versus bad. I always think that's really, really good. But give me a little uh, give me a little plot twist along the way and I'm good. I'm good. I like Shake it. Shake it up a bit. Totally agree. Lady Vampire Deborah says, The Skywalker saga ended in 1983. They already killed off or destroyed almost every original trilogy character. They say these movies are the new Star Wars already and that the story is no longer no longer belongs to Luke Skywalker or any other Skywalker for that matter. The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi are not even consistent. Lucas hired two different directors for episodes five and six. Those directors stayed within the storyline. Now, both J.J. and Johnson did away with original storyline and did their own thing. An interview with Lucas with Time magazine, the last three were based on Rebuilding Republic. Luke did not die. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, listen, and, and there are, I would say, a minority of people that do feel like this isn't the Skywalker saga. Um, and I do somewhat understand some of those sentiments. Long story short is I don't agree with you lady vampire uh, i think it's awesome that you've reached out and you've you've put the, the message on here and you know star wars is a place for different opinions right and that's mm -hmm. what actually makes a lot of art great is that you know things like star wars they do divide people right great stories do um even the, the prequels did that even the original trilogy did that right the empire strikes did that um empire strikes back um did that but i feel like we need to wait until episode nine is seen um because i feel like that that the, the facts that it's called the rise of skywalker i don't know if you're going to be able to say you know the skywalker ended in 1983 mm -hmm. right I, I, I just don't buy it i i feel like yeah this is going to be something special but again it all comes to execution drink i uh, yeah i i mean we had the prequels for 99 to 2005 and it was based on anakin skywalker so that was also part of the skywalker saga i get that the new films Spot and the kind of skywalker link is slightly tenuous because the force awakens we see luke for 40 seconds at the end in what was a wicked scene in the last jedi mark hamill gives a career best performance as luke and it's not what everybody wanted to see however i love what they did with luke in that film and in going into episode 9, it's really one of the first times we don't have a quote-unquote Skywalker that we know of front and centre anywhere near the film. Even the fact that Menace had Anakin Skywalker do his thing. You know, this is pod racing and blowing up Trade Federation ships without any training. But mm. we're going into this now with the new guys leading it. So I can see why people would say this isn't the Skywalker saga. But 
I don't fully agree with that. So, but and um, this was a this was a this was a tweet, and it got lots of reaction from people disagreeing and agreeing. So that so Lady Vampira Deborah, what he did do is he got some conversation started, and for that you're a rock because like like Luke said, it's all about opinions. Whether we agree with you, we don't agree with you. Yeah, Somebody will, other people it. won't. And as long as it's civil, what's the problem? And I hope that you that's go it. to see the Rise of Skywalker. And I hope it kind of, you know, ties up things. And hopefully, maybe, maybe you'll see it and think, actually, I know I, I, that this is this is a Skywalker saga ending. If not, you'll always have the OT, and that's the good thing about Star Wars. That's it. I mean, I have no idea what the prequels are. If that's not part of the Skywalker saga, well, yeah, exactly. Like, so, what's that? The Droid, the Droid Federation saga, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. the oh. saga. Quality, quality, good stuff, good stuff. No, Sugar but thank you, for, thank you for sending that in. It, 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 it's nice to see opinions from from both sides. Appreciate it. Yeah, and we welcome uh, we welcome divided opinion. Uh, somebody who usually gives us something pretty spicy is KT120. She said Star Wars will always remain popular. It's got a huge fan base behind it that will forever stick with this ever changing franchise. Will there be dips? Yes, because not everyone is going to like something. New fans will mm. always be made, young and old. We are entering very exciting times. The Skywalker saga is done, so new stories and new characters will emerge. Disney Plus will definitely keep that hype and excitement train rolling. Star Wars, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, it's so true. And um, I love that she says, yeah, because not uh, not everything new is uh, going to be lights, really. Like The Last Jedi, man. Like, <laughs> the last, the last Jedi. people don't like, like that. The Last Jedi, no, me, no. Like, that that film did so many new stuff and people, like, freaked out about it, man. And, and uh, people forget that people were like, oh, The Force Awakens is so Too similar. original. Yeah. It's so unoriginal. That, that, that. And then they got, like, the most different Star Wars film ever and people just, like, <laughs> lost their mind. Anyway... Oh. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, up next, we've got Obi-Don Kenobi who said they can, but they definitely need to take a break and concentrate on Disney Plus content. Mm-hmm. Absence make the heart, makes the heart grow fonder. And I think that's true. And I, th- I think that's what they're doing. And I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to that. I think that's a great way to end the, 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 the best listeners of the galaxy and the contributions because it, it can remain popular. But let's take a little break after the Sky Wars saga. Make us want it again. Make us, you know, really crave those Star Wars films and that event cinema again. So Obi-Don coming up with the good stuff once again. Uh, and we also received this banger from Paul Buckle on Twitter. This man can rock an R2-D2 tuxedo. Check him out. So, Star Wars Sessions, I've got a question for you. In the deleted scene of The Last Jedi, you may have heard of it, with Rey running to save a coastal village, only to find that instead of an attack, it's in fact a party. Do you think the locals called it... Oktoberfest. <laughs> mm. yeah. Oktoberfest, anyone? Does um, it do anything for anyone? I mean, I mean, Oktoberfest. <laughs> as, as long as there's a lot of beer, I'm down. It might make up for the really bad pun. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> All these <laughs> caretakers, these massive steins and getting hammered in their labor uh, hose. Sounds good, it. sounds good, sounds good. Luke in Lader hose and Luke. Skywalker. Oh, mate, let's <laughs> do it, let's do it. Uh, me too, yeah, Blywalker are getting bold. Let's get Luke, hashtag Luke in Lederhosen. Everyone, get on it. If you get enough, we'll post the pictures of Luke in Lederhosen and I'll <laughs> take the pictures. Um, so I want to some Patreon chatter now. We've had some questions from our magnificent patrons. We've got some this week and we've got some that's going to be answered next week as well. So the three for this week. Kick us off, Luke. What do we have first? Right. Up first, we've got Luke Summerfield on the high ground here who says, would you rather be a dancer for Jabba 
Bear in mind, he likes to pull you across the room <laughs> and have a kiss, like a tongue kiss, um, etc. Or slowly decompose in a sarlacc <laughs> pit. Jabba the Hud, it's only fitting since it's your name. You go first, mate. What are you doing? The agony of choice. Um, oh, it's absolutely Jabba's dancer. Come on. Some of those outfits they wear is smoking and would complement my frame in all the best ways. And what's a bit, what's a bit of hut slobber for a lifetime of keeping in shape? And you're making people happy as well. And you're alive. So I'm being Jabba's dancer. I can, I can take, you know, I'll take the slobber, the dribble if I have to. Yeah. I'm getting to have a dance and I'm getting yeah. to do what I do best, having a little dance, wearing some pretty uh, racy outfits. What about you, man? Mate, the only uh, kiss I'm giving Jabba is a Glasgow kiss. <laughs> um, I'm going to nut him right in the face. So I'm going to be his dancer... But I'm going to be proper, proper, proper feisty one. You are. Um, <laughs> like Leia and like try and strangle him in that. Straight up. This is the other side gonna... of Luke coming out now. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Just saying it how it is. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge him. <laughs> Only one person could tie that boy down. Absolutely, Luke. Well, thank you for that, Luke. And that interesting choice of question. Keep sending them in because you're a top man. Speaking of Ledge. top legends, Katie Stubbs. Katie. She's joining the Sith Lords of our speciality tier. And she said, with her aquarium question, which I love, Hello! Hope you're doing well, guys. So here we go, the second question in my series of favourite character moments. What is your favourite Leia moment? Mine would definitely have to be uh, Leia strangling Jabba, which Luke wants to do. She once again proved that you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. She may have come across as a damsel in distress, but Leia is anything but. Luke? Leia. Luke so true. There are so many amazing Leia moments. But I'm gonna go with uh, Leia in the in the hallway of um, the Death Star in a, yes. in a New Hope, right? Where she just like says, so, you know, someone has to save us, and like bang, bang, bang. Like I love that moment. That is just so heroic and amazing, and it makes you fall in love with the Leia character. You know, she 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 has a lot of gusto, and it's awesome. I think it's wicked. That was my choice as well because it's the best no, one. It was. was. It? Yeah, when she's like into the garbage chute flyboy and just takes control like a boss and makes Luke and Han look like a bunch of bu- and Chewie like a bunch of idiots, basically. Love it, love it, I love, love it. I love that. Uh, I'm going to chuck another one in. Um, Bloodline, the novel. After the re- revelation that she is Darth Vader's daughter and obviously the galaxy's, ah, everyone's in uproar. In her next appearance in the Senate, she attends wearing all black and this flowing black robe. She looks like Darth Vader's daughter, basically. And it proved who the boss is. So in amongst all of that uh, tragedy or... Uh, problems for her character she still came out and thought well i'm gonna dress up like darth vader's daughter just to just to get a reaction so that would be my nice. other favorite one nice choice nice choice Come especially on. that it's an off-screen choice i like it thank, thank you, you so much for sending that in kt legend <laughs> right okay up next we've got dom boring on the spicy sith lords are our speciality tier um who asks what are your favourite things from the EU? And I suppose that's not the European Union. I'm guessing no. it's expanded union, um, expanded <laughs> universe. Yeah. Uh, what are your least favourite things? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two answers because okay. it doesn't clarify um, old EU and new EU. Okay, I believe it's legends. I'm gonna go for. I think, but. Okay, I'll I'll do both. I'll do both. So my my favourite thing from the old EU was the um, old Star Wars Empire comic lines. Um, Just on the nostalgia fact, that's what I read when I was little. Um, And there was like a really sweet, big uh, Darklighter 
uh, like little um, mini series in there as well. It was just incredible. I really, really enjoyed it. And I love the art of it a lot. I find it so nostalgic. Um, and also in there, there's a lot of video games too. So Force Unleashed, despite the fact that um, Starkiller is like so OP, it hurts. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I, I really enjoyed it at the time and it, it was awesome. It was like a really game-changing game. Um, from, from, from the modern EU, that's a hard one. I think it's probably going to come down from Rebels, if you count that as expanded material. Yeah, it which, is, yeah. It is. It, which anything it, outside it, of the films, yeah. Right, it, it does. Um, but if just in case that's like a cheating answer, um, it's, hmm. it's related to Rebels, so I don't know if this counts or not, but it's actually, <laughs> I really love the Kanan uh, comic series. That is, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love that. The Marvel uh, Kanan comic series was fantastic, and I really, really enjoyed that. That was wicked. Um, my least favorite things was from the old EU is <laughs> how stupidly ridiculous some of it was. It was like it wasn't even Star Wars anymore. Um, and I swear, like, people forget this, man. Like, the Yuuzhan Vong. I knew you were going to say those guys, yes. I can't stand the Yuuzhan Vong. That stuff is so stupid. It's so stupid and unbelievable, and it's, like, the most non-Star Wars-y-like stuff ever. And also Chewbacca getting killed by a moon, (laughs) right? By a moon, okay? A moon crashes into him. A moon. That's just (laughs) pathetic. I don't get it. Uh, Secondly, Luke with two U's in the middle. A Luke clone. Luke. Luke. What is that? It's just bad storytelling is what it is. It's just stupid. I just don't buy it. Okay? And that's the old EU. New EU. I'll be honest. Probably the um, helicopter lightsabers and rebels. (laughs) I can't get over that. I can't believe. I can't get over the fact that's canon. That's it's just and I, I can't get by it. I know that's something I real agree. tiny, but Matt, I'm telling you, mate, I can't get get by it. But there we go, Don Boring, you absolute king. They're, they're my choices. Matthias, do you want to take take over? Uh, yeah, I mean, favorite things from the old EU would be I don't know Dash Render. I thought he was a cool character. The Heir to the yes. Empire trilogy, Splinter with a Mind's Eye, and the Plagueis novel. Cause I think the Plagueis novel should be tweaked and made canon again because it's quality. How Palpatine and Plague, I think that's br- wicked. Um, new EU, I uh, hadn't factored on this. Uh, the lost the characters from the Lost Stars novel, I'd love uh, Cyanary and Thane Blyrell, Kyrell, or Blyenary, Thane Blyrell. I thought they were <laughs> excellent, and the way that they connected most of the sagas together through their love story on opposite sides, I thought it was brilliant. Um, so yeah, their their shenanigans, what they got up to. Least favorite of the old EU is uh, is how long have you got? You like you mentioned the incessant uses of clones, Luke. All the different Palpatine clones, and they cloned everyone at one point, probably. The the yeah the never ending unconnected stories because there was never that real connectivity between them. Um, the Crystal Star novel where sulky Luke joins a weird cult led by a blob, and people have the gall to say that the Last Jedi Luke sucked. Go and read that book in this hallowed legends, and tell mm. me that. We're not getting a better. We're living in a better time now. Uh, ben Dorian, the Dark Jedi Hut was embarrassing, and the Vong. Yeah, though I think to be fair, that some of the parts in the Vong story actually set up a new precedent, a precedent for the current series. Because in that, we've got all these positive characters having their hope taken away from them. Sounds like the characters in the new series sequel trilogy. Marriages were breaking up. 
sounds like the sequel trilogy characters in a way. So there's a lot of stuff from Cat Legends which they've brought over, which is handily overlooked, I think. But uh, least favorite things from the new EU. Some of the some of the storylines in this Marvel Star Wars comic, like these kind of like force blood sucking vampire things, were. Oh, I was just like, this sucks. Like gothic. The guy I liked the gothic side of Star Wars. You know, go, going through this different, different um, visual aesthetic. There's nothing wrong with bringing something different in, but it just didn't. It, that felt like the worst of the old EU. So that particular storyline in the Star Wars Marvel comic for me. But yeah, I'm not. I, I liked a lot of the stuff in Legends, but I like I like a lot. I like an awful lot more or less, if that makes sense. Yes, 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 yes. I. I think those are good answers, and I hope I hope that answers your question, Don Boring. You absolute ledge. You what are yours, that, Don? I am. What are yours, Don? And yeah, also, yeah, yeah. Katie. Uh, yeah, keep. In fact, Katie, thank you for the question, Luke. You ledge. Thank you for the question, Luke. Would you? Have, what you tell us your answer as well, Mister Summerfield? Don, what were your answers? We'd love to hear them as well. Yeah, absolutely. We want to hear from all of you. Um, and <laughs> talking about Patreon, we recently dropped episode one of. Star Wars Sessions pub casts yeah. where we theorise the rise of Skywalker box office figures on a train to London, not in a pub, but leave us alone. Don't worry about it. We're going to be, we're going to be, uh, yeah, we're on the way to the pub. And trust us, this, this pub cast will always revolve around the pub in one way or another. Um, but also, also people, jibber jabber with jabber the HUD. Nailed it. Dropped it, it this week. Two, um, Matt speaks about canonizing canon characters, uh, giving some wider love to the great off-screen characters, and also the journals of Luke Blywalker drops next week with yeah. uh, myself diving into the Age of Resistance, Snoke, and Ray comics. So people, from as little as $2 a month, you can get on that hype. www.com patreon.com forward slash star wars sessions please check it out for less than a cup of coffee or a cup of tea at your local coffee shop you can get some awesome content and it's only going to get better yep why why settle for four episodes a month when you could potentially get seven episodes a month so hell we, we love doing it and i'm so excited for these new shows i I enjoyed my show because I just got to chat Star Wars. I'm looking forward to what Luke's going to come up with because it's just a chance for us to, you know, to have a, have a bit of fun, have a chat, you know, we, uh, and podcasts. Who I want, I like having a pint, and I like having a pint of Luke, and I like talking Star Wars. Win win. So come and check us out, guys. Uh, even if you just have a look, check it out. And if it's not for you, we appreciate the fact that you just listen to the show anyway. And we're, and we're not going to be stopping doing these weekly shows anyway. So don't worry about that, guys. Um, speaking of somebody who never stops, it's the man with the silky tones. Should we hear from Curtis Smith? Always, mate. Always. Take it away, Mr. Smith, the Smith Lord. Monster or misunderstood? Dreaming the life of another. Down in this pit you can't smother. The reek and the flies, someone always dies. Even Rancor need a mother. Find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet, Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Poetry, always Star Wars, always poetry, always original work, posting daily. Kurt, it's a man so legendary, he doesn't pay his bills, his bills pay him. Curtis, thank you so much, and I'm always up for hearing stories about the Rancor. And, um, yeah, nice one. Anything you want to say about Curtis? I mean, any kind of tomes you want to drop? 
Um, nah, not really. Oh wait, no, 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 no. There is this one thing. It's um, it's actually that there's always Curtis, and he's always a legend. Yes. And Done we know more. that your kids appreciate us shouting you out as well. So thank you so much for that. Hopefully we don't embarrass them too much. The uh, the, the other Sultan of Spice, Sergeant of Spice. So uh, thank you for that, Curtis. <laughs> Hey, this is Vanessa Marshall, the voice of Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. So this week, ladies and gentlemen, it's my turn to host the game show. Every week we host a cheeky little game between Matt and myself, and uh, we don't know what it's going to be, so Matt has no idea what we're going to have lots of notes about tonight. Matt, are you ready? The Force is with me and I am one with the Force. You're going to love this, mate. The game tonight, really, it's it's not really point scoring, mate. It's really how far I can get both you and I to cringe. <laughs> are, you, are you ready? I, I Yes, I think so. All right. Uh, and bear in mind, people, ladies and gentlemen, I hope this makes you cringe as much as it made me cringe. I'm cringing. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Filth. Filth. Are you ready? Okay. Go what, for it. Matt, 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 what do you get when you cross an elephant with Darth Vader? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. An Ellie Vader. Okay. It's the most yep. it's the most stupid stuff ever. Okay, and we're not done here, people. We are not done here. This is filth. <laughs> it's okay, been an awakening. Next. How do Ewoks communicate over long distances? Um Ready? Uh, Ready? They, uh, no, go on. With Ewokie talkies. <laughs> I was trying to find an indoor pun. I was well away. Nah, mate. Nah, mate. You, you're, you're, you're thinking like too logically. I mean, this is the most stupid oh, stuff in the world. I'm okay, outside this... of the box, completely Where... now. Okay, okay, okay. Where does Qui Gon keep his jam? Where does Qui Gon keep his jam? Yeah. In his. I, <laughs> I don't know. Idea. <laughs> in his Jar Jar. Oh, that's quite good, no, actually. Mate. No, no, mate. Absolute filth. Okay, okay. I suck at this. Yes. Re- ready? Ready? Of course. Next one. Why aren't Wookiees hunted for their meat? Because it's too it. chewy. Oh, yes. It. You yeah. naughty boy. You knew. You knew that one. I'm so you pleased I've got one of these right. High five. I mean, I mean this one. This one. Um. Okay. <clears throat> what does Yoda do when he's constipated? <laughs> uh, mm, um, I mean, this strain, one. I must. Um, strain. He oh uh, forces it Sorry. out. <laughs> to, oh well, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, it says <laughs> this one. This one is, I think, the most horrible in every <laughs> sense. It's just. Stupid and non-funny. Um, use the force. <laughs> I mean, okay. Anyway, um, Chewbacca's biscuits riddle. Riddle, right? Go on, go on. No idea. One chocolate chip Wookies. Oh. 
Oh my days. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put you through one more, okay? Jedi <laughs> cow riddle. What do you call a Jedi cow? Jedi cow? Yeah, um, Jedi cow. Jedi cow, uh oh, um <laughs> uh, uh, utterly powerful with the force, I don't know. Oh I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what, that that's better than the real answer. I was milking that one. That is that oh you naughty boy. <laughs> He's ruined it. You now. naughty boy. Okay, it's a um <clears throat> it's a mook Skywalker. <laughs> That's your new it. name going for Mook Flywalker. <laughs> it's absolutely stupid. But there we go. I thought I thought that was lighthearted, and I hope you guys um cringed horribly at those really stupid jokes and riddles. I like the idea of you sitting down at your desk or sitting down at your home thinking, right. What's the worst thing I can come up with? How can I make well, this as bad yeah, as possible? How, 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 how can we mix it up? How can we mix it up? And um, there we, but you got one, which is no, pretty I'm filth. pleased to get one. I'm pleased That's I got one. Filth. The Yoda yeah. one made me think of a line in the Family Guy um, series of the Star Wars films, which made me laugh my head off. So I was thinking of that at the time as well. But I want to know what goes through your head when, when you're coming up with these. But I enjoyed that. Nice little deviation. That's it. Got to be done, mate. Got to be done. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed playing along as my, my face hurts now, actually, which is uh, telling of somehow. So, unfortunately, guys, episode 31, that is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions. But the fun doesn't end there, especially not after that banger of a game. No one's ever really gone, definitely not us. Where can the world find us? Master Blywalker. They can find us on Twitter at Star Wars Session with no S at the end. That's at Star Wars Session on twitter they can slide into our galactic dms on instagram at star wars sessions that's at star wars sessions on instagram or feel free to drop us a cheeky little voice note or message to our email address that's sws at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk that's sws at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk and if you want to support the show further, please consider checking out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Yes, indeed. We're on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere in the galaxy you can find a podcast. We're there. And if you love our show, please do also consider leaving us a good review, a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice because it helps us more than you know. And we're really appreciative of all the comments we get from you guys. So once again, salute to you all absolutely and please tell all of your amazing star wars friends about us tell your mum tell your dad tell your mates tell your cat tell your ewok tell the sand person tell everyone the more the merrier the spicier yes this is the podcast you are looking for so until next time from me sadly it's see ya and from luke may the force be with you <gasps> always you regents. They are Essex-based podcast heroes.
size of that thing. Tell that to Country Club.